Hey, Eerie fam, this is Noah, and you are listening to the Eerie Podcast. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Mirrors are how we can see ourselves, but there are also superstitions where mirrors are gateways. In the case of Bloody Mary, children at a sleepover go into the bathroom and say Bloody Mary 13 times. Where did this superstition come from? And is it possible that a mirror could potentially be the gateway for a demonic spirit to enter your home? Hey, Eerie fam. I hope you all are doing well. First, I'd like to say thank you so much for the awesome feedback about last episode. I really appreciate it. It was my first solo, but... Here we are doing a second solo. So if you want to keep up with our episodes and know when new episodes are out, follow us on Facebook and make sure to also hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, all the major networks. So whichever one you prefer, make sure to follow us. So today we are talking about Bloody Mary. And if you haven't heard of it before, you'll learn a little bit more about it. And we're also going to kind of dive into who is Bloody Mary and why is this superstition that almost every kid has, you know, taken part in or adult, whichever. First of all, Bloody Mary is a seemingly avenging spirit who was wronged in their human life if they had one. They went by a few different names, though. And a lot of people don't know this, but there are a lot of variations. So there's obviously Bloody Mary, Bloody Bones, Hell Mary, Mary Worth, Mary Worthington, Mary Wales, Mary Johnson, Mary Lou. Mary Jane, <laughs> Sally, Kathy, Agnes, Black Agnes, Aggie. Usually what you would hear is Bloody Mary. You have to say it either three times or 13 times, depending on the myth that you hear. But sometimes there's also different things that you say. So sometimes it's I believe in Mary Worth or Kathy come out, which... <laughs> I don't know why there's a Kathy stuck in the mirror, but then there's also one story where it's like, you have to say, Bloody Mary, I killed your baby, which is horrendous. But there's a lot of different variations of what you're supposed to say and the names that you're supposed to say. So all of these are very ritualistic. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Like you go into the bathroom and you have to bring a candle with you and say whatever this you know, ritualistic script is a few times in the mirror. And then you'll either see something then or later on. The only way to really understand the mythology around Bloody Mary is to look at all the stories and where they really originate. So again, there's a few different origins to this and probably more than we can go over in this one episode, but I will go over the top few that have been said to be the original story or where Bloody Mary came from. So I'm sure all of you have done this. You've all gone to the bathroom with a candle during a sleepover 
you were all squealing and excited because you just got done telling a bunch of ghost stories and somehow got dared into, you know, just going into the bathroom, grabbing a candle and saying a chant in front of the mirror. And the other kid scared you or you scared that other kid and said that this woman is going to scratch your eyes out or she's going to kill you. You all have felt this. And there are hundreds of backstories, but some of my favorites are or originating typically in the 15 or 1800s. So we'll jump into the first one. In the 1800s, there lived a girl named Mary. There was an illness going around where she lived, and the illness was taking people left and right, like everyone was dying. But during this time, physicians had to obviously make sure people were actually dead. And sometimes they would just be seemingly dead. They would put like a mirror under their nose to see if there's any condensation. And there wouldn't be sometimes, but that their heart was still going and their brain was still active. So there, there's a lot of cases where people are just pronounced dead when they weren't. And it happened pretty often. When some of these people would die, people would put a small hole in the coffin and put a piece of string through it and attach a bell. And the bell would hang on a stick by the homes of the deceased. If someone woke up, they would simply pull the string and would be dug up, of course. So when this girl, Mary, ended up becoming bedridden and slowly died, she was laid in a coffin. She wasn't going to be buried immediately. After she died, her parents didn't bury her because they were hopeful that she would wake up. They just waited. They wouldn't leave the house. They were just waiting for her to hopefully wake up. Eventually, her parents' friends had some people over, and they were like, yeah, we think that she's actually dead. Like, <laughs> she's been sitting in there for a week, you know? She's dead. After the friends did some convincing, the parents finally left the house for the first time since Mary had passed, and their friends actually took to you know, filling the grave. And they also made sure that they did the bell thing. They tied the string. They attached the bell to the stick so that, you know, they could, you know, know if she woke up for some reason. After Mary was buried, she woke up. And Mary's parents were not around anymore. Like, they left because they just couldn't handle the burial of their daughter. They really wanted to believe that she was alive. and. They were right, unfortunately. I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately how this happened. So when Mary woke up and rang the bell, no one was there. No one was there to get her out. She pulled the string so hard that the bell fell out. Mary began like clawing inside the coffin and scratching at her wooden prison, trying to get out. Obviously, her fingers started to bleed, and she kept trying to get out until her last breath, where she actually died. Terrifying. So, when the parents arrived home, they realized that the bell was far from where it was supposed to be on the stick that they had. They were like, oh no, oh no. So they went and dug up their daughter and unlatched the coffin and found Mary in a petrified state with her hands bloody to a pulp. There was just blood everywhere. So they put a mirror to 
Mary's nose to see if she was still alive somehow. And there was condensation, but she was actually dead. So her spirit, when they did that, was said to have attached to the mirror. So when anyone says Bloody Mary three times to a mirror, she comes and claws at the victim. So, I mean, this one seems like kind of likely, but I don't think that this one woman in, you know, the 1800s would have originated this. I do know that this story did happen, like it's a true story, but I just don't think it was the origin of this. I just think it's unlikely. But it is an interesting origin story or a theory origin story. It's creepy. Can you imagine being buried alive? <laughs> like, that's terrifying. No one wants to be buried alive. That is like, I would say comet hitting Earth is my biggest fear of, of a way to die. Oh, actually, just kidding. Drowning. I'm sorry, guys. I just lied to you. <laughs> Drowning is definitely my biggest fear. Uh, and I'm not going to go into that. But then comet hitting the Earth, then being buried alive. And that's just what I can think of. I'm sure there's plenty of other crazy ways a human could die. That would be even worse. All right. So that's number one. Let's jump into number two. So the next one is probably the highest regarded. A lot of people do think that this is the real origin of Bloody Mary. So Mary Tudor was the daughter of King Henry VIII of England and his first wife, the Spanish princess Catherine of Aragon. Mary's story is just, you know, not great in general. Her life was completely chaotic, and her father was remarrying all the time. <laughs> Each marriage, though, threatened her claim to the throne and her survival. Her father wanted a male heir. Like, he was like, I need a male heir. I don't want to have a daughter take ownership of the throne. So his pursuit of having a male heir led to him splitting from the Roman Catholic Church. And Mary was like, oh yeah, no, I'm still Catholic. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> and Mary was put at odds with the Protestant Church of England, which took over because the king was like, yeah, I want, I want to be Protestant. And that clash between religions just got even worse when Mary actually became queen in 1553. So Mary was like, oh yeah, no. This Protestant crap, not going to happen. We can't do that here. <laughs> and she was like, okay, I'm going to start killing Protestants. Mary burned hundreds of Protestants at the stake. And she did that, said they were heretics. And hundred, hundreds more were executed after the Protestant rebellion led by Sir Thomas Wyatt, the younger. So Mary suffered from illness and died eventually in 1558, which was only five years after she took the throne, and she was only 42 years old. So because of this, everyone knew of Mary Tudor's misdoings <laughs> while she was alive. And somehow they think that this story of Mary turned into a ghost story. And when you repeated the words Bloody Mary into a mirror, it would cause her apparition to appear. I do think that this one's the most likely. The story of Mary Tudor is, you know, everyone knows it or everyone should know it if they, you know, 
have looked at English history in any capacity, but she was not a good person, but she was also not in a great place. It doesn't justify her murdering people, but yeah, that like the throne back then was in England was not a good place to be. It's kind of like Game of Thrones, but yeah, I think it's the most likely like she was a notorious figure in history and it like her reign must have been told throughout the world like oh this woman this leader of england is killing people that are protestants like it makes sense to me but if you guys think that there's any other potential story than i go over today too please make sure to throw it out there i am down to hear anything that might be the most likely and give me the facts and i will definitely share it at some point we'll touch on this again in some capacity i'm sure all right eerie tribe i'm so excited to talk about today's sponsor audible audible is <laughs> i can honestly say that i use audible on a daily level I read a lot, but sometimes I don't have time to just read or maybe I'm, you know, hitting the hay and I need to put the book down and just listen for a little bit. New members can actually try Audible for free for 30 days using our link. As an Audible member, you can choose one title per month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. You can find some $50 audiobooks and get them super cheap by just having this Audible membership. There's so many Audible exclusives as well that you can only listen to on Audible. You'll discover exclusive Audible originals from top celebrities, renowned experts, and exciting new voices in audio, which I might be one of those soon. But for real, anything you're interested in, you can find it on Audible. There's so much on Audible that you can check out. If you visit audibletrial.com slash theeeriepod, you can get one free month and one free book that you get to keep forever. So check it out, guys. Strongly recommend it. So that was number two. And like I said, I think that's the most likely. The last one is also very, very likely, actually. All right, so this next one isn't named Mary, but everyone does think of her as a potential candidate. And it does seem likely because she was you know, a notorious psycho. <laughs> so Elizabeth Bathory was a, what are you boys doing? Sorry, my dogs just walked in. Hey, Wooby. So Elizabeth ba Bathory was a Hungarian countess who reportedly tortured and murdered hundreds of young women in the 16th and 17th centuries. So she was born into a Protestant nobility in Hungary. Her family controlled all of Transylvania, and her uncle, who is Stephen Bathory, was the king of Poland. She was raised at the family castle in Esked, Hungary. How do you say that? I'm going to look it up so I don't sound like an asshole. So she was raised at the family castle in Etched, and in 1575, she married Count Nadazdi. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. Who was a member of a really powerful... Hungarian family. So she moved to the castle where he was from, which was a gift from her husband's family, and she bore four children. So after her husband died, Elizabeth's cruelty began to surface. Through previous accounts of murder of a peasant woman had apparently been ignored, 
The claims in 1609 that she had slain women from noble families attracted attention. Her cousin, Georgi Count Palatine of Hungary, was ordered by the King of Hungary to investigate. The Count Palatine determined, after taking dispositions from people, that she had actually tortured and killed more than 600 girls with her servant's assistance. Like, that's fucked up. Excuse my language. So on December 30th of 1609, Elizabeth Bathory and her servants were arrested and they were put on trial in 1611. And all three of the servants were executed. Bathory was just confined to her chambers and she remained there until she died. So essentially her servants had to go down with all the charges and Bathory was just allowed to live in her lavish rooms <laughs> until she died. I mean... Typical history, nobles typically got away with everything. A lot of people think that because she died in loneliness and sorrow, that she's coming back to haunt people and do it through a mirror. So, and they say that it's called Bloody Mary because she would literally bathe in the blood of these women that she killed. 600 women. That's insane. That's like so many people. That's, that's crazy. So the next one I have is also another, you know, noble person, of course. And this one is Mary, Queen of Scots. So she was the daughter of King James V of Scotland. Mary, Queen of Scots, said that she had claim to both the Scottish and the English thrones. She also enjoyed the support of Scotland's longtime allies. Of course, the only problem was that the queen to the south happened to be the formidable Elizabeth I. Many refused to recognize Elizabeth's legitimacy as queen because they did not consider Henry VIII's marriage to her mother, Anne Boleyn, as valid. So Mary suffered a dreadful second marriage with her cousin, Henry Stuart, the Earl of Darnley. And in 1566, the Stuart and posse of renegade Protestant nobles set upon Mary's Catholic secretary, and they killed him. So Henry Stewart met his own sticky end the following February under mysterious circumstances. They think that Mary was involved in that, like she had arranged for this man to get killed, which, I mean, serves him right. I mean, he killed her Catholic secretary. One of the main suspects, Mary actually went on to marry later. So James Hepburn, who was the Earl of Boswell, right? And this marriage was actually worse than her marriage to Stuart. This man essentially abducted her, holding her prisoner in Dunbar Castle as he waited to gather the support needed to lay his claim to kingship. Whoa. <laughs> the support never came, though. Instead, Hepburn was arrested and Mary was forced to abdicate the throne to her infant son, James. She raised an army and tried to take back power, but it was in vain. In 1568, Mary fled to the south of England, seeking sanctuary with her cousin, which, rather than offer hospitality, Elizabeth had Mary imprisoned for 18 years. Her failure to kill her, however, provided Catholics with the figurehead to rally around an alternative queen. But their letters discovered Mary in a plot to overthrow Elizabeth, resulting in Mary being tried for treason and sentenced to death. So on February 8th, 1586, the 44-year-old Mary was beheaded in their castle. Mary went to her death 
in a dignified, cheery manner, even making a joke about never having had such grooms to disrobe her in public. However, her executioner completely botched it. He failed to kill her with the first axe wing. Ouch. Digging it deep into the back of her head as she lay stretched out before the block. And the second struck her neck, but failed to sever her head. In the end, he was forced to slice away what was left of her head attached to her body. He then held her aloft and cried, God save the queen. But at that moment, Mary's short, gray-haired head dropped to the floor. The executioner was left holding on to only her ginger wig. <laughs> so, like, he didn't do a good job. And she had an excruciating execution. And when he went to hold her head in the air, her head fell out of her wig. Imagine being killed that way. Like, oh, sorry, my executioner botched the job. So I'm going to go haunt people for the rest of forever. I still don't think that it was her. And who knows? Maybe all these historical women are Bloody Mary. All of these women have kind of a claim to being Bloody Mary. They've all done something bloody, except Elizabeth Bathory. I don't think she has a claim because her name's not Mary. This all depends on who you expect to see staring back at you. Like, do you expect to see Elizabeth Bathory or Mary I of England or Mary Queen of Scots or some girl that was buried alive named Mary? You never know. But what we do know is that you still probably should not go to the bathroom with a candle and say any chance, you never know what could happen. <laughs> I'm kidding. But next time you go to the mirror at night, I hope you think of this. And I hope you think of all these women that made it possible for you to have a bunch of different people to see in the mirror. I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding with you. <laughs> but okay, that is the history behind it. So here's some really short stories of people's experiences with Bloody Mary. So a girl and her friend had just finished watching an episode of something creepy and she wanted to scare her friend. So, and we'll call her Susie for now. One of her favorite activities was to scare people. So Susie looked in her living room mirror and like twirled around saying Bloody Mary three times. And no ghost appeared. But then she went to the bathroom to try it again. And her friend warned against this, but Susie turned off the lights, closed the door, and then did the chant again. When she looked in the mirror this time, there's still nothing. She was disappointed and about to turn off the light when she caught a glimpse of something. She looked closer and discovered a black and white woman with her mouth wide open. Susie expected like a scream from the apparition, but only found dead silence, like terrifying, eerie silence. You like how I put that there? <laughs> the woman in the mirror lifted her arms and Susie saw that her hands were bright red with blood dripping off them. There was no fingernails. They, they were gone. Like this woman had torn them off or this apparition did apparently. And her hand reached out from behind Susie and grabbed her shoulders. Obviously, Susie screamed, turned on the light, and ran the frick out of that bathroom. And this is why you don't chant. <laughs> don't say chants you don't know anything about. I don't necessarily believe in Bloody Mary, but 
just safe to be on the safe side. I would just not fuck around with anything you don't understand or know for sure. All right. So the next one is about a group of girls and they're spending their time at camp and they're kind of getting sick of exploring the woods, right? They decided to fake food poisoning. Like, okay, we're going to fake food poisoning. Why not? (laughs) So they ran to the bathroom, shut themselves up in it, hoping to make the fakery, like, convincing. But while they're in there, one of the girls, Amber, was like, oh, let's play Bloody Mary. Right, guys? Let's play Bloody Mary. Everyone was like, yeah, of course. Let's see some, you know, chance in the mirror (laughs) with the lights off. They said Bloody Mary three times. And looked in the mirror and waited. At first, there was nothing. And then the mirror freaking cracked. It cracked. It The mirror broke by itself. All the girls ran off screaming except for one. The last one that didn't run off was paralyzed, she said. She could not move. She was like, oh, frick. She, she couldn't say anything. She couldn't move. She couldn't do anything. She stared and saw a flash of movement behind the mirror as if someone was standing right behind her. She turned when she finally was not paralyzed and ran from the bathroom. Next morning, the girls all just laughed about it. They all just laughed about it like it was a big joke, but that one girl knew something freaking weird happened that night. Creepy. All right, I think that's it, you guys. (laughs) Well, That's it, you guys. I appreciate you all listening. And again, I appreciate all the positive feedback of my first solo episode last week. If you have any other feedback, please let me know. I am not against feedback. I want to make this better for you. So hit me with it, please. If you want to send us an email with any stories that you might have, it's info at the eeriepodcast.com. And make sure to follow us on all the social media. As I said at the beginning, We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine yards, all fun stuff. We usually post episode photos in our Instagram slash Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to check them out, they're always there. And make sure to hit that follow button on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you follow us, you'll get notifications when we post new episodes. So next week, we are going to talk about the exorcism of Annalise Michelle. If you guys don't like exorcisms or if those types of things scare you, I will give a warning for next week. It will contain audio from the exorcism that is a little disturbing. So I just want to throw that out there. But it will be something cool and different to talk about. And I do, I mean, I don't like exorcisms because they're kind of freaky. And there's a lot of speculation about whether exorcisms are really just mental mental health issues that people are struggling with. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but that will be our episode next week. Thank you guys for listening and keep it eerie guys. Keep it eerie. All right. Have a good week. See you next Sunday.